Thanks for listening to the River City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church community and how you can be a part, visit us online at therivercitychurch.org. What's going on? How you doing today? Everybody good? Is anybody excited to be in church today? Man, it is an incredible day so far. First of all, the weather is amazing, but I am just so thankful to be here with you this morning. And I mean, I don't know if you know it or not. And like Damien said, we've, we've only known each other for a little bit of time, but man, he is such a great leader and I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Let's give him some, and I know, you know, it's it's not easy to 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 leave everything behind to to start on a journey to plan a church and to to lead a, a movement. But you know when people do that, they deserve um, honor for for doing that and really just risking it all just to follow the call of God. And um, for that, I honor you and your wife and. Um, a, privilege to be up here today. And uh, like Damien says, I'm here. I'm, I live in the Poconos currently, but only for a couple more weeks. And then I'll be relocating to the best city in the world uh, right here in the Chicagoland area. So I'm super excited about that. And uh, I am married to the greatest woman alive. Uh, her name is Sarah. She's right there on the front row. Wave to everybody. And a lot of people would say, you know, their better half, but I like to say she's my best half, and uh, I love her very much. We've been married for seven years, uh, and uh, man, she is the greatest uh, thing in my life, minus Je- uh, outside of Jesus. She's the greatest thing. And so, uh, yeah, we're so excited to be here this morning, and um, you know, like I said, um, in the Poconos, but originally uh, a kid, uh, my dad was a military man, and uh, so I've lived all over the country, mostly in the South, so. I'm a, I'm a good old Southern boy, but man, I just love Jesus, and, um, and I'm super excited to be here with you this morning. So I'm just going to kind of dive in today, and uh, man, I got a lot to say, but um, I just believe that uh, just hearing where you guys have been this summer and what God's been doing in your church and what you've been talking about, I think that this message is directly from the Lord and, and, and just in line with everything that's been said over the past couple of weeks. So if you lean in with me, and what I mean by that is not necessarily physically, but spiritually, Spiritually, if you lean in with me, I promise I'll, I'll get us out of here soon. We can, we can hit the food line, and we'll be there before all the other churches, and it'll be all good. So, you know, if I say something you like, just, you know, agree with me, say amen, stick, stick with me, and um, I just believe God has a great word for us today. But I'm going to open up uh, where I'm coming from today. Uh, it's found in James chapter 1, verse 2. And uh, this, is, this is honestly like one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I, I read it a lot. I, uh, anytime I'm going through something, I, I would remember this passage that my daddy taught me as a child. So James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And today I want to talk a little bit about something that's not talked about a lot in church. I want to talk a little bit about pain and when we go through things and difficulties. And I want to talk about uh, discomfort and I want to talk about the hard stuff today. And uh, I promise to try to keep it as light as possible. But I want to talk about this and I want to frame it from and the title of this, if I were to give it a title today, um, is something that I used to hear a lot uh, from 
people all over. And as you can tell, like, I like, you know, I love to dress up. I like to look nice. Like, that's my thing. Um, but something my mom taught me when I was a kid, and she always used to say this phrase. She used to say, beauty over comfort. And so that's what I want to talk to you today is beauty over comfort. Can we pray? God, thank you for this just word that you've given me and put on my heart, God, that I've walked through this and that I'm continuing to walk through this. And, God, that you are doing something in my life. And, Lord, I I would endeavor just to share and encourage today what you can truly do in the life of a person. God, today as we uh, go through this summer phase, Lord, let us not uh, slip back or fall back or get comfortable. But, Lord, let us press on towards all that you have for us today. And, God, lastly, We just want to say a special prayer because today at 5 p.m., it is the NBA free agency period, and we pray for the Chicago Bulls. We pray that, God, you would give them all wisdom to make the right decisions today. And, God, we pray for all the Chicagoland sports teams except the White Sox. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. I'm going to, you know, just keep it real. I don't know if we had any White Sox fans in the house, but I'm sorry. You know, who wants that team anyway? Wow. So we're talking about beauty over comfort. So this kind of thought or idea came to me, and I just was, uh, it's always been, you know, my thing. I just, I've always, you know, liked to dress up, look stylish. And I remember um, when I was growing up as a kid, um, you know, I grew up in the greatest era for basketball and for fashion and in basketball, Michael Jordan. Everybody knows Michael Jordan is. He was the guy. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Jordan. I wanted to wear the shoes. I wanted to wear the sweatsuits and all the stuff. And unfortunately for me, you know, I was in school and uh, the pressure of matching up to everybody else and what everybody else is doing is a real thing that kids deal with. And uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger guy, as you can tell. And so when I was in, um, you know, third grade, second grade, fourth grade, when Jordan was big, um, you know, I was pretty big, and so, uh, you know, all my friends, you know, they wore, like, kid size, size three, size two, and stuff like that. Well, when I was that age, you know, I was wearing fully grown men stuff. I was wearing, like, size eight, size nine, size seven. I think I wore a size, I was trying to, I called my mom and tried to figure it out what exactly, but when I was actually in uh, kindergarten, I was wearing a size six, men's and I was like it was crazy so think about that for a second you know uh, me just coming from a humble beginnings nice family but you know we didn't have uh, an excessive amount of money and so when it came to buying Jordans for instead of buying a $30 or $40 pair of Jordans for a kid it would be like $100 $120 and so that just wasn't something my parents were willing to do as a second grader and so um, you know I always was like man I, I really want these shoes like really bad. And so I remember this one particular time, my parents went out of town and we stayed the night with some friends and uh, I was going to go to school the next morning. And my friend, you know, he was like, Hey man, I got these Jordans. Like you want to, you want to wear them? And I was like, yeah, oh my gosh, I want to wear Jordans. Like I've, I've wanted this my whole life. This is what I've wanted. And I go to get the Jordans and he gives them to me and they are like four sizes too small size three. And I'm like, um, what? And he's like, oh, come on, man. You got to look stylish, you know, beauty over comfort, man. You know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if your feet hurt all day. Like you just, you know, all the ladies, that's what they want to see. And like, everybody's going to look up to you if you look good. And so, you know, sure enough, 
like an idiot. I went to school and my feet were in the shoes like this all day. And I thought, man, I thought it would be just cool because, you know, I brought some shoes one day. Um, they were like on sale and I didn't even look at the size and they were too small. So I've never worn these. And uh, I wear a 14 right now, and these are a 12. So I thought it'd be like a good visual as I preach today that if I just switch into the, uh, the small shoes here. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. And experience a little discomfort while I do it. So, yeah, you see? Everybody see my foot? I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, it hurts. So, yeah, as a kid... I decided to make this decision that I was going to do beauty over comfort. Now, I know that maybe seemed like a, like a stupid or silly illustration or whatever, but I think this is the kind of thing that God kind of just dropped in my heart about this time and this season of life. You know, it's summertime and it's a very uh, active time and people are doing lots of things, but this is a time of year where people tend to just draw back and um, especially when it comes to the things of God, to being involved at church, to, to being spiritually in tune with everything that God's doing. This is a, a very um, normal time that people begin to do that. And so I want to encourage you today that we would not live our life from a place uh, just to experience comfort, but we would live our lives from the place to experience God's beauty and what he has for our lives. You see, in, when it comes to God, like, Things are not the same way that culture defines words. When you define words in culture, they're defined one way. But when God defines things, they're a totally different way. And, the, and when it comes to God, it's, you know, it, it's, it's against all human wisdom. But when it comes to God, when, when you're weak, it actually means that you're strong. When you, in the things of God, when you surrender, that means you actually experience victory. And so today I want to kind of reframe for us what this word beauty and what that kind of means. You see, even actually in the natural, when you think about beauty, we all see the finished product, but many of us don't see the process that it took to get to that place. That when you go in to experience beauty, that there is a, a, a systematic process that has to happen for you to experience that. Let's just for a second think about a bodybuilder. If I was today to decide that, man, I'm going to be the best bodybuilder in the world, well, you better believe that it's going to take a process for me to get there. I'm not going to overnight, you know, I mean, I am a little naturally strong, so don't nobody try to. Um, but I'm not, you know, you know, the, the, I don't have the physique of a bodybuilder. And so it's going to take a process in order for me to get to that point where I want to get to. But I want to talk to you today about experiencing beauty, experiencing what God has for us over just the things that are comfortable or feel easy. And so, like I said, that there is a process. Let's go back to James 1-2. And I want to read this in the message translation, which I just love. It's, it's, it's a great way to look at it. And it says this, it says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. And so there is a process involved here that in order to get to the promise or the calling or the purpose we feel like God has for our lives, there is a process. 
And so my first encouragement for you today is that you would trust the process. Say that with me. Trust the process. We got to trust the process, you know, not to kick it back to sports for a minute, but like if you think about it, you know, for the last several seasons, the Chicago Bears have not been anything to be desired. But last year, we've made uh, several, uh, several key acquisitions. We've made several key changes, and it's been a process. It hadn't been overnight, man. They were like Super Bowl champs. Like they went from, you know, the worst team, and then they've made some changes. They hired new coaches. They got new players. And so even in our lives, when God calls us to do something, when God gives us purpose in our heart, God gives it to us, but it is our responsibility to walk through the process that he has for us. And so many people in our culture today are so in love with the glitz and the glamour of the finished product, but never fall in love with the process that God has for us to get there. So it's so key today that we must become not obsessed with the promise only, but we also have to fall in love with that process. You know, there's a process. I remember the first time I met my wife, man, I was smitten. I was in love. I saw her. Uh, we worked. I had just got hired at this church, and, you know, I'm back here. I'm getting ready for worship, and, you know, I'm a worship leader, and uh, I'm getting ready, and I'm getting all the stuff tied together, and all of a sudden, from behind me, I hear somebody call my name, and it was like, Chris. And so I turned around, and she was standing right there. And I don't know if it was the lights or if it was the Holy Spirit, but her, like, figure was illuminated with just this light. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. So immediately my, you know, my spiritual side kicked in, was like, oh, my gosh, she's God's vision. And then, the sec- and then my flesh came in, and then I was like, I'm going to get that. And I knew from that moment, I knew that there was this great thing that I loved this woman. It was a love at first sight story. It was Disney, everything that you watch on the movies. It was love at first sight. But let me just tell you that it didn't just happen overnight. We didn't get married that moment and live a happy ever after. You know, we took time. We, we dated. I got to know her. I, I, I was invested in the relationship. We, uh, we got engaged. We got married. And even past being married, I'm still continuing to get to know her and still continuing to develop the relationship with her. And so that is a great picture of how when we're in our everyday life, when we're in living our purpose or the calling or the thing that God has put on our heart, we can't just be so fixated on what the end result is going to be. We have to literally walk out the steps that God has for us. I love the quote. It's from St. Augustine, and it says, pray like it all depends on God, but work like it all depends on me. You see here, because if we just sit back If we don't do anything, if we don't trust the process, if we don't fall in love with the process, if we don't give ourselves to that process, we will miss out on the promises and the things that God has for us simply due to us wanting to live a comfortable life. The life with God is not meant to be one that's just lived and, uh, you know, my goals are I want, you know, a big house and a picket fence and 2.5 kids. Like that's, that's not the goal from God that he has for us. And maybe, you know what, you may feel like God's called you to do that. More power to you, but I I promise you it doesn't stop there because God only calls people to do things that help other people. And if your vision or your purpose or your goal in life is just to help yourself, then you really need to reframe and refix your image on what is really truly important. 
you know, I believe everyone in here has a great purpose. Maybe you say you're not called to be a pastor or teacher or leader in the five-fold ministry, but God has a purpose for your life. We all first are ministers before we're ever called to do anything else. We have the ministry to help bring other lost people. And so inevitably, you know, if, if, if you say, well, yeah, like, I, but still, like, I don't see, excuse me, see your point. Well, at the end of the day, we all have the great commission as our mission in life, and that's to go reach lost people, to make disciples, and to preach the gospel. And so my encouragement to you, again, is that you would trust the process. The second encouragement that I have for you today is simply this, and, you know, I, I was... Uh, a couple of years ago, I was listening to, um, I went to a concert, a Hillsong concert, and um, they have this beautiful song. It's called As It Is in Heaven, and I just, you know, was floored by this great song. And it talks about the promise of Jesus and coming and, and getting to meet Jesus at the end of our lives. And it was amazing. And they had this one lyric in the song, and it just kind of struck me in a way that it's, it's left me forever changed. And I always think about it, and I think it makes perfect sense in this context is that while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. And I thought, I was like, man, that's such an interesting way to put it. And the way that I mean by that is that while we're waiting on this process or promise that God has for us, we can't be idle in our faith. We can't be idle in believing. We can't just sit back and say, man, hey, I know I'm going to be a bodybuilder one day, so I'm going to go ahead and head to Popeye's and hit that up, you know, and then tomorrow I'll be at Portillo's or we can't live that kind of life. We have to be active in not just, not our actions necessarily, but in our faith. That if God has a promise for us, that we have to stand and believe on that promise. If you wake up every morning, just thank God in advance for what he's going to do in your life. We can't wait while we're waiting. I love that quote. I just brought it up a little bit ago, but it says, pray like it all depends on God, but work like it all depends on me. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith in the world. You can believe and do everything. But if you don't ever put your hands and feet to the plow, nothing is going to happen. So we can't be comfortable. We can't want to live this comfortable lifestyle and, 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 and put all that comfort above what actually God has for us. That, that, that beauty, the, the, the uncomfortability that we experience in life actually is the thing that brings that beauty that God has for us. That actually in this sense, like I said at the beginning, that, you know, like surrender can mean victory. In this sense, uh, Pain can mean beauty. You know, when you're going through life and we're being stretched and being used by God, you know, it's not easy. I've been through seasons of life where, man, I feel like, dude, I'm so stretched. Like, I don't know what to do, man. I'm so thin. I'm, I'm worn out. And, you know, and I always hear this, you know, statement, you know, God's never going to put more on you than you can bear. So keep it going, brother. And, and I, I believe that. God is trying to get us out of the place where we depend on our own abilities and we do have to only look to him to do what only he can do. That that's the place that God wants to get us to. He doesn't want to get us to the place where we're worn out or thin or whatever, but he wants to get us to the place where we have to depend on him. And that stretching that we're experiencing right now 
is actually good for us. That's what James is saying here. He's saying that when we get in these challenges to have joy, have joy, not just like a fake happiness, not just a, hey, I'm faking it till I make it, but actually having joy to know that on the other side of my surrender, on the other side of my being uncomfortable, that God has a promise on the other side of that. That on the other side of me going all in, on the other side of trusting God, that God's purpose in my life is going to be fulfilled. And we only experience that when we, like the scripture says out of the message translation, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. Become fully mature, well-developed, and not deficient in any way. I love to think about that, uh, that um, imagery of being uh, stretched. You know, when you think about it, when God calls you into a new season, when God calls you to do a new thing, when you're stretched, he's stretching you for a reason. And I was thinking about this when I was sitting down writing this message out. And when you're stretched, actually, that's only the you're at one phase of life. So if I'm at this phase and then God wants to stretch me and take me to another phase of life, the reason the stretching is happening is so that you can have the character and the fortitude to handle the next season that God has for your life. Because without character, if God promotes you, there's how are you going to be able to understand it? How are you going to be able to actually wield the power or wield the thing that God has promised you? If you don't have the character, if you don't have the fortitude, if you don't have the stamina to back that up, that's the way that we have that, is when we allow God to do a work in our life. When we allow God to stretch us, take us beyond our capacity, that's where God truly comes in and he truly grows us. I love this story really quick, and I'll just go through it really quick. But there's a story in the book of Elisha, and it talks about, uh, it's the prophet Elisha, and he's a prophet. And there's a battle going on, and three kings come to Elisha, and they're like, hey, man, like, we're running out of water. We're running out of food. We're running out of stuff. Our, our cattle, our horses are dying. Our men are getting tired. They're getting weary. And these three kings with their great armies are getting ready to go into battle again. And um, the guys uh, call on Elisha, and they're like, hey, tell us what God would say. What, what do we need to do next? And so Elisha comes to them and he, he prays and, and, and he comes on their behalf to God. And Elisha's response to what he had asked them to do was something that I think a lot of us experience on a daily basis when it comes to some of these things, is that he asked them to do something that was so out of the norm that they literally were vexed. But Elisha asked in 2 Kings 3, he says, he told them they were ready for rain and he told them, Go dig a ditch. Go dig a ditch. And they're asking, hey, we need rain, man. Pray to God for rain. He says, go dig a ditch. Now, I don't know about you, but, like, if it was me and I'm like, yo, this is our final plea. This is, like, we don't have any other, um, you know, resources. And you respond with dig a ditch. I don't know about you, but I would be a little bit upset. But we do this in our lives. We feel like God, me, God's laid something on your heart. Oh, man, God's called me to be a missionary. But we're afraid to even go across the street when God asks us to go love on somebody that lives right across the street from us. Or if God's like, man, why don't you, uh, you know, start learning? I feel like I'm called to be a worship leader. And somebody's like, why don't you start learning how to play guitar? And we're like, man, I don't want to go through that. We, we avoid the difficulty. We avoid the, like, uncomfortable so that we can um, 
subconsciously um, be comfortable. We avoid that stuff. And so what he tells them in the scripture is he said, go dig a ditch. And then he said, this is what the Lord says. The dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will not see rain nor wind, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with water. You have plenty for yourselves and for your cattle, for your animals. But this is a simple thing for the Lord. For he will make you victorious. And then at the end, if you just jump down and I'll just finish that. The next day suddenly appeared. It was flowing from every direction and soon water was everywhere. I think my whole goal with just today, just encouraging you is to step out. You know, you might feel like you're unqualified. You may feel like you're unequipped. But I believe this wholeheartedly that God has given you everything you need to succeed and to do what he's asked you to do. God has the purpose in your life. He's giving you the purpose in your heart. He's giving you the promise. Maybe it's uh, you're believing God for a job or maybe you're believing God for a wonderful spouse. Uh, maybe it's you're believing God for children. Maybe you're believing God for any of these things. You know, we can only do what we can do. We can't make it actually rain. All we can do is dig the ditch and make ourselves open and available for God to come in and move and do his thing. And so the God's not asking us to do the God part. He's not asking us to make the rain happen. He's just asking us to do the practical, do the thing that we can do, dig the ditch and see him show up and see him do his thing because he is a faithful God. Everything he's promised to you, everything that you have on your heart, every calling that God has given you, the Bible says, is without repentance. God's called you to it. He's going to see you through it. And so today, my encouragement, like I said at the top, is that we would go and strive for beauty over comfort, that we would go for the tough things, the hard things, and seek God more than we would seek to just serve ourselves and be comfortable or just be safe or play back. I love uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and since we've been on the sports theme today, I'll, I'll just kind of keep with it. You know, it's, it's like the hall of fame of faith. All these great people in the Bible, it talks about uh, Abraham and Moses, and uh, it even talks about Sarah. And it talks about all these great stories, and I was, you know, reading this, studying for this, and I, I just thought, like, man, these people's lives are, are incredible. God used them in incredible ways. And I think oftentimes we romanticize that and we make it actually bigger than it actually is. But these people are normal people like you and I. And the difference in their story and our current story is that they had incredible stories of sacrifice. That they gave up. That they trusted in God. They did things that were out of the norm. They trusted in doing things unorthodox ways that people maybe made fun of them. Think about Noah. God told Noah to build a boat and there wasn't a drop of rain. But he still did it because God had given him that call. And so when you live a life of one that's, that's, that's uncomfortable, that, yeah, you're going to do some things that's going to rub people the wrong way. But when, like I said, when God has called you to do something, he's going to provide the way that you need to do that thing. And he's not going to um, make you look like a fool, honestly. And I think, Noah, you could have been the biggest fool ever, but he said, no, my faith in my God because I trust him throughout whatever even though the circumstances don't line up even though there's not a drop of rain I'm still going to do what God has called me to do 
And we have to decide that in our heart, that we have that resolve, that whatever it looks like, you know, God's calling you to, uh, you know, start, start a business. You know, whatever it looks like, you may be like, man, I don't have the money for a business. But if God's calling you to do that thing, you have to start making steps and making moves towards what God has called you to do. You may say, like, Chris, you know, I'm praying for a spouse and I'm believing for a spouse. Well, you know. At least I'll say this to the guys. I won't say this to the ladies. But guys, you know, you're just praying that thing. Well, hey, like you may, you may want to, you know, hit up the gym, get a little fit. You know, um, you may want to call me up and say, hey, I need some like fashion style advice. Like, what do you? You may want to start, you know, saving money, building up, you know, the income for when you decide to get married. Like when 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 we have this thing in our heart, like we just can't sit back and be comfortable. We have to press on towards the mark of the high calling that God has for us. So I was reading these, all these scriptures, and talking. it talks about faith and all the great things. And, I, you know, Hebrews 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So not only is being comfortable, like, unfruitful, but it's also impossible to please God when we decide to live a life where we just sit back and let it, you know, whatever. I'm just going to chill, like, whatever. Now, I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about just, um, you know, saying like, I'm trusting God, letting go, letting God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about being lazy spiritually. I'm talking about not just sitting back and not just uh, whatever. I don't care. Not having a flippant attitude, but living life on purpose. And as I just kind of closed this up today and just was thinking about stuff. And thinking about these great people and their sacrifice and all the sacrifice that they experienced. The greatest sacrifice that we've ever experienced on this earth was the sacrifice of Jesus. You see, because God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die so that we could know him. And I think about all this stuff and just in the grand scheme of things. And I'm I'm not telling you, like, sacrifice today and to die. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sacrificing because our God loved us so much that he sacrificed. And so if we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to go after the things of God, then we have to also sacrifice. And we have to give. And we have to give of ourselves, given our time. I know it's not easy. It's summertime and it's easy to be like, you know what, I'm going to Come back to church when it's cold and see you later. I'm going to be hanging out on the weekends. Or I know I'm going to be doing this or, you know, it's, it's a sacrifice to take your, your income that you get and, and give it to God and bless it. But I'm here to tell you today that if you trust God with your well-being, if you trust God with your sacrifice, knowing that when you sacrifice, it's not in vain, knowing that when you sacrifice, God promises that not only will he come through for you, but God will use you to do incredible things. And so I want to encourage you today to choose beauty. Choose the uncomfortable. Choose pain, even when you could take the easy way out. Choose the things that are uncommon, because when you do uncommon things, God will use you in uncommon ways. And he will use you to make a difference. I was preparing for this message today, and I was just thinking about being crushed. And I actually was, like, looking up several different minerals and things, like, you know, how they all work. And 
I was looking up the process of like a diamond, and I, everybody knows a diamond is beautiful. It's a girl's best friend, right? And the process of a diamond, it actually, I mean, you know, I, I didn't really ever th really think about it. I, I mean, I don't know why, but I've always thought, you know, diamond is a precious material, and, you know, you can't do anything to it, and you got to keep it, like, nice and neat and, and everything like that. But the actual process to make this diamond, this beautiful thing, is actually the process of something being crushed and it's being destroyed. And actually Google says, uh, every, Google's amazing by the way, Google says that when a diamond is formed that there is an extreme amount of pressure and stress placed upon the object in order to create the thing. And I thought how fitting that a thing like that, a diamond, something that's beautiful, has to be nearly destroyed in order to make something so precious. And so my really encouragement and challenge and last thing for you today is that we wouldn't run away from the things that are uncomfortable. But when they come our way, that we can run head on, knowing that God is with us. He's never left us, and he's going to be with us the whole process, and he's going to deliver us to the expected future because he has a hope and a plan for us. And so don't choose comfort. Don't choose just, man, that looks hard, so I'm just going to stay right over here. Don't, don't, don't do that. I encourage you that if, if you have a heart that wants to serve the Lord, if you have a heart that you feel called to do something for God, make a sacrifice, I just encourage you with all faith in my heart, that you can step out and know that God is with you. He'll never leave you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bring you good things to an expected end and future. And he who has begun a great work in us will bring it to completion. As I just begin to wind down today, uh, I'm just going to ask everybody to just kind of bow your head. And I want to give the opportunity. I never like the opportunity to go by with some, without somebody getting the opportunity to know Jesus. You see, because Jesus, he gave the ultimate sacrifice. He, he, he laid it out there on the line. He died so that we could know the Father. And if you're in this room today and you say, man, I, I don't really know what that sacrifice is like. I'm here to tell you that Jesus died for every man, woman, boy, and girl. And if you're under the sound of my voice and you want to know this freedom, we've been singing about freedom, we've been singing about hope, and there is hope. We live in a dark world, but there is hope, and his name is Jesus. And if you want to experience that today, I just invite you. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to ask you, would you just, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and while everybody's eyes are still closed, I just want to know who I'm praying with today. And I just want to help you begin a relationship with Jesus. You know, it was a funny story I told Larry Lear, but that's the way Jesus thinks about us. When I saw my wife, I was like, that's her. That's what Jesus says about you. He said, that's my child. I love them. I'll die for them. I'll do anything for them. So I'm just going to count to three. You just raise your, slip up your hand. One, 
Two, God loves you. Three, Rachel, just slip up your hand. You can put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're so good, God. Thank you, Lord. All right, can we all pray this prayer together? Say, Lord, thank you for sending Jesus to die so that we may know you. Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we celebrate today with those people? God is good. Thank you guys so much. And uh, man, it's been a blessing. Thanks for listening to the River City Church podcast. We'd love to hear how God is using River City Church to minister and impact lives. If you have a story to share of how God is moving in your life, send an email to amen at therivercitychurch.org. If you'd like to support our mission financially so we can continue to share messages just like these, you can give online at therivercitychurch.org slash give.